So we're going to be concluding our Abide series today with a message uh, on our ninth week. So you're in, in small groups, you've been doing your lessons. This is our last week of lessons, so we won't be having uh, groups on location uh, like we have in past weeks. So we just encourage you to keep going through your daily devotions uh, and uh, following uh, those each day. Keep practicing. Keep practicing uh, uh, these practices of hearing God's voice and being um, connected to Jesus, being connected to the vine. And we're just believing that you're going to be strengthened and encouraged. So today we're on uh, abide, our Abide Nine Week and I've entitled the message today, Grow in Your Confidence to Follow God. Anybody have any confidence today in how to follow God, how to hear His voice and how to follow God? And, and uh, I remember uh, back in the early days of our ministry, Carla and I were church planting. It was basically our, our second ministry assignment, and we had moved to Lloydminster uh, which was a town right on the border of Saskatchewan and Alberta, and we were going to there uh, with the intention of planting a new church. And uh, and so what we had to do to make that happen is get a job. We had to get work, and uh, it was tough. It was a tough time to get work for some reason, but I ended up getting a job doing maintenance at a hotel. And... Uh, one of my jobs was to look after the pool, and in the evening, after the, at the end of the day, I had to backwash the, the pumps uh, in the pool. They're big, big, huge uh, filters that had sand in them, and we had to back the water up through that. It would release all the, the, the bits of stuff that they had filtered out of the water, and they'd be fresh for the next day. Only thing is, I turned the backwash on, and I forgot <laughs> that I had done it. I got doing some other jobs and, you know, trying to save time. And then I totally left the, the pump on backwash. And I uh, found out in the morning when the women's aerobic class came to use the pool early in the morning, there was no water left in the pool. Was, I think there was like a little bit of water in the deep end or something that, that wouldn't get sucked out from the pump. And the, I got a phone call at home and said, Ah, uh, you you left the the pump on backwash. I was so embarrassed. I remember I just wanted to hide in my room that day, but my boss called me and he asked me to come in uh, in that afternoon and uh, help with uh, the repair. And uh, he said to me uh, that he forgave me for what I did. <laughs> that was a huge relief because I could have easily lost my job that day, uh, and. Uh, then he said to me, Greg, I want you to remember this in, in, in the future because you are one day going to have a staff and uh, I want you to remember how I treated you that you would also treat them with kindness and forgiveness. <laughs> wow, what a, what, a, what a powerful thing for him to say. One, one of the things he... he uh, um, said in that was that he forgave me. And you know what? That, that sticks to me to this day. Uh, 30, that would be almost 32 years ago, maybe 31 years ago, and I can remember that day. You know, we're, what we say can really matter. And then the other thing that, uh, that he said to me is one day you will lead a staff. And that stuck with me. 
that he saw something in me that maybe I didn't even see in myself. And uh, I want to just encourage you, if you're watching today, the words we say matters, but also I want you to know we can gain confidence as we hear God's word. You know, was there, was there someone maybe in your life, maybe this is a chance, I'm, I love it if you're watching uh, online to, to not just watch, but get into the comments, sign into the comment section there, and Tell of a time when someone said something that helped you find guidance in your life. Maybe something they said to you, maybe they said it in a certain way, they had some words that just impacted you, and they've stuck with you. Maybe you're a young person, and it just happened, you know, last week, or maybe you're an older person like me, and it happened many years ago, but maybe you could just say, hey, there was this person, maybe it was a parent or a teacher, or like for me, it was, was one of my bosses. Uh, that said something to me, and uh, how it impacted you. So you can just put that in the comment section, and, uh, and, and let's exchange a little bit of encouragement for one another, how words have impacted us in a positive way. Now, I want to just encourage you, one of the most common ways that God will influence your life with direction is with the words he says in his word, Right? It's the words God uses in his word that will give you and influence you, give you confidence and influence you the most, that's the most common way for that to happen. So I want to just encourage you this way. Don't neglect God's word, right? It can be so tempting, you know, there's so many good things happening. There's so many, there's so many things that we spend our time doing but one of the things that's going to give you confidence is the Word of God. Because God is going to speak to you, and He's going to influence you in a way that's going to be, be uh, confidence-giving. Now, I was reminded of this scripture recently. In fact, I wrote this scripture to you in a letter maybe about a month ago. And it was Philippians 1, verse 6. It says, being confident of this... That he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion in Christ Jesus. <laughs> these are great words. These are powerful words. Now, Apostle Paul is writing these words to the Philippian church. He's writing it to the church. And he's writing it from his prison cell. And he's encouraging the church. <laughs> he's, speaking, he's speaking hope to the church. He's living in a time, and the church is in a time, where they're facing some opposition. Are you facing some opposition? Are there things happening in your life that you didn't expect to happen that way? Well, that's what was going on with the Philippian church as well. There's three things that I want to point out to you that Paul is teaching us about following God's guides. Number one, it's not always the easy road. <laughs> you know, sometimes we get this idea that if God is in it, he's going to open the door and it's all just going to fall in place. <laughs> I want to encourage you, sometimes it does not happen like that. Sometimes when God is leading us, it's down a road and there's going to be opposition. There's going to be trials. There's going to be, there's going to be difficulty, discouragement. There's going to be... Uh, you know, a need for you to get on your knees and pray and ask God to help you. 
You know, many times you might have to surround people around yourself that are going to encourage you. It was such a great time in our prayer this morning at 9.30. And if you missed it, I want to encourage you at 9.30. I think we're going to do this again next week. You get an invitation. Uh, we were just encouraging one another with Scripture uh, there. And it was so empowering because many of us are going through challenging days, right? So it's not always the easy road. It's one thing that we can learn about this in this scripture. And the Apostle Paul is addressing the church and saying, hey, you know, God is with us. It doesn't look good, but God is with us. He's going to help us. Another thing that we can learn about what Paul's teaching about God guidance, God's guidance is that people will sometimes let you down. People will sometimes let you down. You know, sometimes it's not even by choice. You know, the Apostle Paul was in jail. He didn't go there because he wanted to. It was just, it was what was going on in the day, and he was faced with that, and he got put in jail. And he couldn't do anything else. You know, he gave them a few words. He wrote them a letter to encourage them. And he couldn't be there for them. You know, there's always going to be things, maybe a friend that you have or a, a person in your life should have been there for you and they just weren't. I'm just going to tell you that the Apostle Paul was telling us in this verse that there's one person that's going to stick with us no matter what. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's not the person that you think it is, not maybe your mom or your dad or your brother or your sister or your best friend or your boss or that person that you were counting on to be there for you. The Apostle Paul says, sometimes people are going to let you down, but there's one person that's going to be there for you at all times, and that's Jesus. He is going to stick with you no matter what. And then the last thing that we can learn from the Apostle Paul on God's guidance is that the Word, capital W, the Word, the Bible, is going to give us confidence. The Word is going to give you confidence. No matter what you're going through, you can be sure of this one thing, Apostle Paul said, that he who started a good work in you is going to carry it on to completion. That's what he said. We can, you can take that to the bank. Now, I want you not to miss the obvious thing here. And that is that we learn that from the Bible. God spoke to us. He spoke to us and said it's not always going to be the easy road. That sometimes people are going to let us down. But we can have confidence in Jesus. And we learn that all from the Word. God's guidance comes from His Word. What He speaks to us. The Bible speaks with the heart of God. It speaks with the authority of God. Isaiah 40 verse 8 says, The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the Word of God stands forever. That's a long time, isn't it? That means from the beginning of time to the end of time. It's just, it's eternal. And uh, I just want you just to think, us to think for a few minutes on one of the most important things that we can learn about guidance in the Bible and how God intends for us to live with hope. And we're just going to get a little bit specific uh, today. And this is a time in our world that hope is fading fast. So I want to just encourage you with some hope. 
that we can lose hope uh, in this day in lots of things. We can be losing hope in our government. We could be losing hope in our economy. We can be losing hope in our health care. You know, if you're affected by any of those really in a dramatic way, you're saying, yeah, I have lost hope. Uh, you could be losing hope in health care and losing hope in friends. You could maybe even be losing hope in the church. Maybe someone hasn't been there for you like you thought they should be. You know, God has put his finger on this issue at the beginning of mankind when he said this about hope. In Genesis 2, verse 18, it is not good for man to be alone. You know, we're seeing it all around us, aren't we? The difficulty that comes to people when we're alone. In fact, when I, when I see or hear something crazy uh, being said by someone, I think to myself, that person has been spending too much time alone. Maybe you know someone like that. Maybe it's you, and you know you get maybe a little bit uh, negative, or you get a little bit discouraged, or whatever. You start thinking about all the conspiracy theories and, and all that, and you, and you start uh, uh, realizing, hey, that's true. It's not good for us to be alone. And we realize that God has worked in relationships. Most of us, uh, when it comes to relationships, have some messy uh, stories. We could talk about some messy family relationships, you know, like maybe there's things that have gone on in our families with a brother or a sister or a parent or, or whatever, an aunt or an uncle, or maybe you're the story, or maybe your life is the messy story. You know, I think lots of times in my own life, having messy components in it. And sometimes our families... Uh, drive us crazy, don't they? <laughs> they can, they can uh, be awesome, but they can also be nuts. They can just drive you, drive you crazy, and drive you bonkers. And, and so I just want to take a few minutes today to look at a story that Pastor Kimmy opened up a couple of weeks ago uh, in the Scripture, and that is the story of Jacob and Esau. Now, Jacob and Esau were twins, and you can read about this in the book of Genesis, I think starting around uh, chapter twenty. Seven, I think, if, I, if my memory uh, serves me correctly. So Jacob and Esau were born, and, and even though they were twins, and we see twins, and lots of times they're so much alike, but as we get to know them in the Scripture, we, 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 we realize that Jacob and Esau were nothing alike. They were, in fact, they were like day and night. They were like fire and ice, you know, uh, uh, they had different personalities. They had different tastes. You know, one was a one was a vegan, and one was a was a, a meat eater. You know, they were paleo diet. <laughs> you know, give me some meat. You know, I'm gonna kill a kill a deer and eat it. You know, or and and the other one was eating carrots and and spinach. They had different perspectives, and uh, and they had they battled with selfishness and so on. And Jacob. He mistreated Esau. He, he stole Esau's blessing. And you can read about that. In, this is all in the Bible. And now Esau threatened Jacob. And so Jacob ran for his life. This is a family from the Bible, by the way. So, I mean, I'm, telling, I'm saying we, we all have experienced some, sometimes some crazy in family. 
Jacob and Esau had a broken relationship. The relationship that they had was, was rocky at best, and then it was destroyed. And there was real anger. There was real threats. There was real words spoken, right, that were really awful. And uh, they ended the relationship, and Jacob ran for his life. Now, many years went by, and, and uh, Jacob was living his life, you know, the best he could, and God was blessing him. He was enjoying some of God's blessing. And it says in Genesis 31, verse 3, it says, Then the Lord said to Jacob, Return to the land of your father and your grandfather, and to your relatives there, which is, guess who? <laughs> it's Esau, and I will be with you. So God spoke to Jacob, and he told him he would restore his family relationships. So here's Jacob living in isolation, away from his family. His heart is longing, you know, like I wish things could have been better, done better, so on. But God is still blessing him some. But there's just that nagging feeling that I wished my family relationships. And then one day God speaks to him and says, I'm going to take you home. And I'm going to help you. And I'm going to be with you. And we're going to restore. See, restoration. You know, God is a God of redemption. You know, you might have given up. You might feel like, hey, that, that happened years ago. There's nothing that could change my mind. There's nothing that could change that other person's mind in my family. But I want to encourage you. Let's not limit God, because our God is a God of redemption. Isaiah 44, verse 22 says, I have swept away your offenses like a cloud, your sins like the morning mist. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. That's what God said to his people. You know, God is a God of redemption, and he can change situations. He can sweep away offense. He can change uh, those things that were done and, and come with forgiveness and hope. You know, when it's hard to receive God's forgiveness, <laughs> when it's hard to extend forgiveness, these are times when God comes and he offers hope to redeem. You know, your fear, you're living with a fear. Do you have a, do you have a relationship? Do you have a story a crazy story, you have a situation that you would love to see changed. Well, your fear or your hurt, it's likely a reflection of your history, right? It's likely partly you're remembering your, the part you played, the thing that you didn't do, the thing that you said, whatever. And sometimes we carry that and, and we're afraid a little bit of what we're going to have to do, that we're going to have to uh, be part of the redemptive story. You know, sometimes it's not so much what the other person will do, but it's more what we will do. And when God starts to restore, he oftentimes asks us to play a part. And here it is in this story of Jacob and Esau, God asks Jacob, to take the first step towards redemption. You know, God responded uh, to Jacob. So he, he's going back, he's heading back towards his homeland, 
And what happens in the story is Jacob sends uh, uh, a bunch of gifts. He sends a bunch of his servants, and they're all, they all have gifts. And you can read about that in the scripture. Uh, but he's sending, you know, uh, goats, and he's sending cattle, and he's sending, sending gifts, and all kinds of stuff. And they're all kind of going out at different times. So it's kind of like waves of generosity that he's sending out towards Esau as he's kind of getting closer. And God responds to Jacob's generosity. Jacob's act of extreme generosity opened the door, uh, not just to redemption, but it opened the door for an encounter with God. And you can read that in the scripture, that it was after he sent these gifts, that it was at that night he laid down and he had an encounter with the living God. Jacob, you know, in his mind, I think he was trying to placate his brother, with generosity, he was trying to send him something, you know, kind of buy off some of his anger or whatever, uh, in exchange for forgiveness. Uh, but God still used that act. You know, even though it maybe wasn't the all, totally right motive, Jacob's generosity was still used by God because it was an act of humility. You know, relationship. Uh, relationships are more important to God and they should be more important to us than just getting stuff. You know, and Esau, he didn't want the stuff. He didn't, he didn't want the stuff. In fact, when they actually met, he said, why did you send me all these gifts? <laughs> but it was that act of humility that softened the ground. It softened the heart. There was just that humility that was in Jacob to say, you know what? I had a part to play in this. And Jacob was acting out his trust in God by giving these gifts. He was saying, you know what? I'm putting my faith in God. I'm doing whatever I can. I'm going to trust him, and I'm just going to be generous and obedient, and I'm just going to go. I'm going to go, and I'm going to give everything I got. In Isaiah 66, verse 2, it says, These are the ones I look on with favor. These are the words of God. These are the ones I look on with favor. Those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. You know, Jesus said these words in John 6, verse 12. He said, Let nothing be wasted. <laughs> you know, sometimes we think, Oh, why did we go through that? Why did we go through this? Why did I have to face this? Why did I have to give this? Well, I want to encourage you that Jesus doesn't want anything to be wasted. And he wants to use that in the healing journey. Maybe it's in your life. Maybe it's in the other, other person's life, in your family, that God wants to restore a relationship with. Now, the other thing that happened... Uh, uh, in this extreme act of generosity was that God opened the door to family blessing. So here's Jacob. He received the blessing uh, from, uh, from his dad. But in this act of generosity and restoring the relationship, he was actually opened the door, not just a blessing for him, but blessing for their whole Family, You know, Genesis 33, verse 4 says, Then Esau ran to meet him and embraced him 
And he threw his arms around his neck and he kissed him. And they both wept. <laughs> what a beautiful seed, eh? What a beautiful story uh, of renewed relationship, of redeemed relationship. You know, uh, I just think to myself, how many times have I been the problem? I haven't been humble. I haven't uh, attempted to extend kindness and generosity. You know, there's a, a man who lived many years ago. In fact, he was killed in 1959, I believe. His name was Jim Elliott. And he penned these words. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. <laughs> you know, what is it that you're hanging on to that's more important than that family blessing. You know, these are days where God wants to guide us into seeing our family relationships restored. You can have confidence as God leads you that humility is going to be a key and generosity is going to be a key in seeing family relationships restored. I want to just ask you as we're closing the service, what has God blessed you with to give? What has he given you that you can humbly lay down? Not that you're going to buy God's favor. Not that you're going to buy your family member's favor. But I'd like you just to translate that. What is it that you can do to show that you're humble and that you're trusting God for his blessing in your life? You know, I want to just draw your attention to a couple things that we can do that will just, I think, strengthen our church family, strengthen our, our own families uh, in these days, even though it's difficult times. And one of them is our It Takes a Miracle giving campaign. And we're at the end of uh, the year, and we always have a giving campaign to close out the year. And this year is no different. We have a few things that we're believing God is going to help us in. And uh, we... we I'll, I'll tell you, we are having a big challenge, and you can, you can re really pray for us because we were really shooting to have uh, some outreach happen in the community over Christmas, and we're not sure how this is all going to affect that. It's, everything that we have planned has kind of uh, been thrown up in the air, and it's a little bit in turmoil. But I'll tell you, we're going to do something. We're going to be doing something to extend grace and hope to our community, and we, we need some resources to do that. Also, uh, for our missions and so on into the next year, we're just believing for gifts of grace and miracles. And so we'll be talking about that next week. But I just want you to be thinking, let's be generous, right? Let's be generous. And God uses that, those acts of trust and humility to extend his redemptive story in our lives. And then the last thing I want to mention to you today is that next Sunday we were planning uh, as a family Sunday, and we we're going to be encouraging you all uh, to either attend online uh, on location with your family or on online at Gateway Church live with your family. And so obviously we can't do that like we did. We're not even allowed to invite others into our home and that sort of thing. But you do have family 
uh, most of you uh, that live with you or maybe uh, you have a roommate or, or something that falls into the guidelines that we've been given by the government. And we're encouraging you next Sunday. Let's watch church together. We're going to be talking about family again, encouraging family again next week. And then consider to have a meal together. Maybe go for a walk together with your immediate family. I'm not telling you to break any rules. Uh, but I'm encouraging you to, to, uh, to let's do church as a family next week. And then also... You could invite other family members uh, to church, and you can you could still chat with each other over the the chat that's provided on our Gateway Church Live or on your phone or whatever you, you want to do. We want to encourage you that way. Then the other thing that's happening um, with our Family Sunday is we're going to start collecting pictures, and I think some of that's been going out on social media already. But we would like it if you would send a picture of your family. Uh, to the church, and then through all of the Sundays in December. So starting December the 6th, uh, we're going to take a few minutes in each service through December, and we'll project your family's picture. And uh, so make sure the picture you send, everybody in the family is is on board. Don't send us a picture and someone you know, didn't want you to send it or whatever. So send a picture, you're all on board, and you're releasing us to, to project it because it's going to be shown on Gateway Church Live. And at that time, we're going to pray for your family by name. We're going to pray the blessing of God over you and your family, over your future, over your influence. And, uh, and so let, uh, if you would like us to pray for you by name, make sure you send that picture. And you can find more about that on our event uh, page on our app. And I believe it's called Family Blessing. You'll find it under the, uh, under the uh, events on our app. So make sure you're part of those things on Family Sunday. I want to say thank you for joining us today. As we're closing the service today, is there, is there uh, someone in your family that you would just love to see that relationship redeemed? Isn't it time that God would love just to begin to do a miracle? Maybe it's in your heart. Maybe it's in their heart. Let's believe. Let's believe for miracles. In this day when we're being told we can't even be together, let's believe that God wants to do something greater. Wants to do something greater. That's how God works. He works in relationship. It's one of the ways he helps us not to be alone. <laughs> he gives us family. Family's a blessing from God. And I'm believing God wants to bless your family just love to pray with you this morning before I do that maybe you're here this morning and watching and you've never opened your heart to Jesus you've never opened your heart to to miracle possibilities that God would want to shine his favor upon your life and I just want to encourage you you know before we end the service this morning would you just consider opening your heart to Jesus just invite him in your own words just say Jesus I'm inviting you to come into my life. Lord, forgive me for living my own way, walking my own way. I've made a mess of it, Lord, and I'm asking, would you come into my life and redeem my life? Change my heart. Forgive me, Lord. Begin to lead me and guide me. Comfort me. Bring hope into my life. In Jesus' name, if you prayed that prayer, if you've been praying these moments, I just encourage you, let someone know on the, 
on the app there that you, you would like prayer. And they would encourage you and send you some things that would help you in your faith walk. And I would love to pray for you if there's something going on in your family. Maybe it's been years and years. Maybe it's just something recent. We just want to believe for miracles for you. God, we thank you that your heart is to bring blessing through families. <laughs> just to say that, God, some, sometimes it just seems impossible. How could it be, God? that you would restore broken relationships and hurts, disappointments. But God, we're believing you have a better way. You want to bring blessing and hope through families. And so, Lord, we pray where there's been hurt, where there's been offense, maybe where there's been, been battle lines drawn. God, we pray for softness to come. Humility would come. Lord, maybe it's an act of generosity that you're asking us to make today. That we would be extremely generous in some way. There's something the Lord is speaking to you. I just encourage you to obey him in this. Not, not me, not Pastor Greg. You obey God. Allow him to guide you. And Lord, we pray you would soften hearts and you would redeem. That nothing would be wasted. Years of of alienation or words that were spoken. Lord, we pray, Lord, that you would use those things and turn them around. around. Redeem them for good, God. Thank you, Lord. We just look forward to stories of miracles, stories of, of restoration, stories of hope. Thank you, Lord, where mothers and daughters are restored. fathers and sons, brothers and sisters. Lord, we pray you'd break down those walls of hurt and division. Let healing come, we pray, in Jesus' name, in Jesus. If you need to talk to somebody, uh, I know I've kind of I've uncovered something today, but I believe God wants to bring you joy. And strength. He wants to give you confidence in your guidance to follow him and your family relationships. But maybe you need someone to talk to. There's those hosts online that would just love to spend a few minutes in private with you before you go. God bless you. Thanks for joining us today on Gateway Church Live. We'll see you next Sunday.